Imagine if you had an idea for a product that required, say, I don't know, $30,000 to get off the ground. So you start a campaign on a crowdfunding site to raise the money. Imagine if people loved the idea so much that you ended up with just over a million bucks in 30 days. Well, that's exactly what happened to Orbit Key inventor Rex Quo. Oh yes, love a good money-raising story. Hey, before we immerse ourselves in episode 385 of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, the marketing gold is made possible thanks to American Express and Design Crowd. Design Crowd is the world's number one custom design marketplace where with access to 550,000 designers, you'll get the perfect design every time. Get $100 off at designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo. And check this out. you got to love it when your business expenses reward you. When you apply for an American Express Business Explorer credit card by November 30 and spend $3,000 in the first three months from the card approval date, you'll receive a bonus 100,000 membership reward points. Search Amex Business to find out how. New American Express card members only. Terms and conditions apply. (laughs) I always wanted to do that. I said, welcome to a small business marketing show Where successful small business owners share their souls To take your marketing straight to the lead Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie And welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show The number one marketing podcast in Australia As ranked by the Apple iTunes Store Which is also available on all Virgin Australia flights and Spotify as of a couple of weeks ago. I'm your host, Timbo Reed, but you, so much more importantly, you're a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. Big show today. Oh, yes, indeedly doodly. You'll discover how to run a successful crowdfunding campaign. I'll show you how to get free publicity on the radio I'm going to show you why being more empathetic towards your customers is a really good thing. And we go back into the vault revisiting a past episode in which my guest reveals a simple way to get clients to see massive value in what you do. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Now, before we go and find out how to run a highly effective crowdfunding campaign, and boy, oh boy, is that a great story, uh, I have got a couple of things for you. First of all, an opportunity to promote your business on national radio. Now, I do a show every Wednesday night from 9pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. It goes out on 58 radio stations around the Macquarie Network. It's with a fellow by the name of Steve Price. The show's called Be That Business, and we just talk about small business and how you can use technology to grow your small business. I would love you to call in 131873 and say g'day, promote your business and ask a question. It would be fantastic. Not only would it be great to hear from you, but 
it's also an opportunity for you to promote your business. And Talkback Radio, you know, I love podcasting, don't get me wrong, but Talkback Radio, that, that will help you hone your skills, your pitching skills, and why not get a bit of free promotion? Hey, did you notice that I have a brand new sponsor in American Express? Now, this is a big deal for two reasons. Number one, it's the generosity of sponsors that make this show possible. But what's especially exciting is that American Express is a top-level global brand who have had enough faith in the podcasting medium to support you, the small business owner, and this show. And that excites me hugely. So thank you to the guys at American Express for believing in what I do, in what small business owners in Australia do, and for making this show happen. Okay, coming up after today's interview, I'll show you why being an empathetic business will close you more deals. But right now, let's talk crowdfunding. If you don't know what it is, it's simply the practice of funding a product or a service idea by raising many small amounts of money from a large number of people, typically via websites like uh, Indiegogo, Kickstarter, GoFundMe, those types of places. Now, these websites enable the crowdfunder to set up a campaign, set a financial goal, and in return for people's money, they provide levels of rewards like early release of product, discounts, two-for-one offers, and so on. Now, I spend a lot of time trawling through crowdfunding sites looking for cool new product ideas that aren't available in store yet, and I've found some crackers. One thing that often catches my attention is the huge gap between the crowdfunder's target and the money they've raised. It's not unusual to see disparities of like a thousand to five thousand percent, which begs the question what makes a successful crowdfunding campaign? Well, to answer that question, let's meet Rex Quo. He's the co inventor of Orbit Key, which is a simple device that puts an end to messy key rings. Imagine a small leather strap that you fold over with a locking mechanism at the end, you thread your keys through, fasten it, and then fold your keys into the hollow made by folding the strap over it. (laughs) Got it? Trust me, it's just a really smart, simple idea. You know, you look at it and go, why didn't I think of that? It's not going to save lives. And it's a great little idea that they set out to crowdfund $30,000 for, but ended up with just over $1 million. It's insane. Now, let's go and hear how they did it. I want you to understand the mechanisms that make up a successful crowdfunding campaign. And I do love an interesting career progression. So I started off by asking Rex what he and his business partner were doing pre-Orbit Key. Yeah, it was a big jump for us. We, um, My business partner, Charles, he, he was an industrial designer uh, working at a consultancy, whereas myself, I worked as a pharmacist in a community pharmacy. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, I worked there for maybe two to, two to three years and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, completely different. Like, no business background. I've always been interested wow. in business. Yeah. Interesting. You mentioned before we went on air about Jack Gantz, an, an interview I'd done only a few weeks ago, who was the founder of Chemist Warehouse. He too was a pharmacist, but had this entrepreneurial kind of yearning that kind of led him to bringing a whole lot of different brands to Australia before becoming our biggest retailer. 
Yeah, I, I, I listened to that radio, uh, that uh, interview. It was, it was a great interview. I actually worked for Chemist Warehouse. Oh, so. there you go. <laughs> so there's a lot that I could relate to. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great, great businessman. So, so you and Charles are in unrelated careers, your mates, I'm guessing. Yes. Uh, were you looking for, like, a business idea? Or did Orbit Key just come to you as a problem that you had? I think it was a bit of both. Like, um, certainly for Charles, you know, he was the one with the OCD with jingling keys. Like, he used to go jogging and he hated jingling keys. Uh, Love a bit of OCD. Yeah. Always yeah. leads to an invention. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's you know, that's how the best best products are made. You kind of design them for yourself. Yes. Uh, you know, he, he made a prototype for himself and he was using that for over a year. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, then he showed it to me one day, and I thought, "Hey, this is this is a great idea." And then I remember at the time, I just uh, I just got a new phone and a new wallet, and I was always really conscious uh-huh. about putting my keys. Ah, a bit of OCD in, yourself. Uh, I guess you can say bit. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was really conscious about putting my keys in the same pocket as my uh, as my phones and wallets. So you know, we we started looking at other ways to improve key carrying, and uh, you know, off we went. Uh, so was there a point there where you? You clearly weren't enjoying pharmacy and, and Charles wasn't enjoying his career so much that it was like, this is what we're going to do. You, Orbit Key, the concept came to you and it's like, this is exciting. This actually looks like no one else, something no one else has done. Yeah, I think it was more, you know, we, we were both looking, you know, working full-time, full-time jobs and, you know, we were just looking for an opportunity to do something for ourselves, you know, like we're, we're young and, you know, we wanted to start something and, you know, grow it into something bigger. And, yeah. you know, we started, you know, brainstorming different ideas and Charles showed me this early prototype and, you know, we thought that would, you know, maybe other people would like it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you saw it. Um, what made you think it was a really good idea? Because uh, this kind of area fascinates me. I always say, like, if Steve Jobs had have told people about the iPod, that we could throw away our CDs and albums and have a little white box, we'd go, no way. That's a stupid idea. Yeah. He didn't listen to the people. He, <laughs> I guess he didn't often do that. Why did you think Orbit Key was a goer? You know, I guess when we when we started it, you know, we had no idea that other people would like it too. And when we first started, like, you know, when we were designing it, in fairness, we weren't designing it for other people. We, we were designing for ourselves to start with. You know, we thought, hey, like, you know, if no one, no one gets this product, at least, you know, we've got something that we'll, we'll love using. Um, you know, we, later on in development, you know, we started sharing with other people. And, of course, you know, all, naturally all our family and friends told us it was good. You know, they're, they're not going to tell us it's not good. Um, but it wasn't until crowdfunding came along, you know, that that was a good opportunity for us to really test the market. Ah, yeah. okay. So, okay, let's talk because we are here to solve the, the crowdfunding mystery. Or you're certainly for me. That's why you're here. <laughs> I love the sure, story, sure, sure. I'm, fasc- crowdfunding fascinates me. So, you decided that crowdfunding was both a way of validating the idea, but also raising funds to bring it to market. Definitely, yeah. Um, you know. Uh, when we we spent nine months developing the product, uh, you know, countless prototypes, and you know, finally we got to a stage where you know we're, we had something that we were happy with, but we didn't know how to launch it. Uh, and that time, sort of crowdfunding just became, you know, starting to get popular overseas. Uh, there was a little bit of exposure in Australia, not a lot. Twenty thirteen. Um, yeah, twenty thirteen, early twenty thirteen, and you know, we thought, you know, this sounded like a great opportunity. You know, uh, we didn't have to invest, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars into molds and uh, the large minimum order quantities. Uh, we could test the idea to see if other people liked it too. Mm-hmm. It, it just made sense for us. Why did you choose Kickstarter as the platform? 
Good question. Uh, we we actually didn't choose Kickstarter to start with. We we went with another platform called Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our campaign was all set up. We were all ready to go, and we we heard word that Kickstarter was launching in Australia. Uh-huh. Uh, they were going to open it up to Australian creators, and we thought, you know, Kickstarter's got a great brand. It's got great following and we knew they were going to do their own organic uh, marketing as well and so we wanted to kind of ride on the on that wave and we wanted to make sure that the day that kickstarter was live in australia that was the first day we were going to launch our campaign. Yeah, okay. And that's what we did. Well, clearly the numbers prove that it was a huge success for you and we'll talk about that in a minute but any regrets not going with indiegogo up front? No, no. What's the difference not. between the two? Because then there's also GoFundMe. There's, there's no shortage of crowdfunding. Yeah, platforms. There, there, there's a lot of different platforms, and you know, in fairness, they all have um, their great points. Um, I guess the biggest difference between Kickstarter and Indiegogo is that Kickstarter has a all or nothing funding model. So, uh, you you set your minimum um, funding goal, and if you don't reach it, then None of the, yeah, the money goes back to all the backers. Uh, Indiegogo have uh, uh, an option where, you know, you can keep the funds even if you don't reach your funding goal. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Is that the only difference? No, there's, there's other differences like Kickstarter. Um, Indiegogo actually started launch first, but the Kickstarter probably focuses a little bit more on, I guess, creative side of things. Hmm. Um, they... I believe they have a stronger brand. Mm-hmm. Well, how much do they take out of interest? What's the cut? Yeah, it's. I think it's around about four percent. That's okay. Yeah, four percent, and then you've got your credit card fees. Uh, you know, they, which is three to five percent. So, it's pretty good business, isn't it? I mean, four percent. I mean, you made them a million bucks or more. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've seen some extraordinary ones where you know they've raised five, ten, fifteen million dollars. So yes, I, I nice, think nice all, little platform. That's right. Altogether, I think they've you know they've a few billion dollars. Wow, have been raised. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, I really want to break down what makes a highly successful crowdfunding campaign. So I think maybe the best way we do that, because you, you've got you've done three so far, right? Yes, yep. And you're about to do a, a fourth in November. Yep. So you're learning a fair bit along the way. And as I said at the top of the show in your introduction, I see these gaps, these amazing gaps between someone wanting $10,000 and all of a sudden raising $300, $400, a million. It's like, how did that happen? Did you under budget? Was the idea so good? So let's break down what made a really successful crowdfunding campaign. Great. Well, oh, that's a big question. There's, there's, You've got to know. There's so much to it, like to, to a great yeah. campaign. Um, I guess to start with, um, you've got the product. Um, you, it needs to relate to enough people, I guess. Um, it, you know, your, your product needs to be kind of people... Just can, hold that thought yeah, yeah. because we're about to be interrupted by... Uh, Peter Hitchener from Channel 9. Now, Hitch, welcome. We are in the middle of an interview, but I think this is hilarious because do you have your key ring? That you have I've got half my key ring with me today. You, ha- you have minimised your <laughs> key ring. L- listeners, uh, a past guest, Peter Hitchener, has just walked into the studio uh, because I have seen his... And a bump. I have yeah. seen his key rings previously. And, Hitch, you would normally carry a lot more. I kind yes. of... Where have they all gone? They're, they're in my office at the moment, <laughs> sitting quietly on the desk because I'm out to the showgrounds after right. this, the last day of the Royal Melbourne show, and I thought, I'm not going to cart around all those keys with me. <laughs> However, now I discover there is a different way well, of well, You would normally carry 20, 30 keys. Sometimes, is that, This yes. is Rex, by the way. Hi, Rex. Good to see you. And, and Rex has invented that. Look at that. That is the oh. orbit key. 
And that it, is amazing. And it does expand, doesn't it, yes. uh, Rex, in order to accommodate more yes, keys? Yes, we try and carry what we need. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, where do I get one? I'm going to buy one. <laughs> so it's can, the can, can you give key. him one of those? Yeah, sure. I'll there you one. go. No, 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 I'll I have to pay it. for it, but no, thank no, you. No, 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 must pay for it, but I'll thank you, Rex. Oh, that's very good. We'll sort you out. Thank you so no much. Worries. Good on you, Hitch. I, I, I think we might have solved a pocket problem for you. We have. Good on you. Thank you. <laughs> have fun. Thanks, Peter. So, Rex, I was uh, asking about yeah. uh, what makes a successful crowdfunding campaign. Many, many components. Um, I, one point I wanted to pick up on was you start with a great product, which is, you know, like I think many people may not do that. They kind of get excited by a particular platform and yes. then they just get it on there, right? Yeah, I think you need to have a look at what's already out there and... Um, see if you can solve a problem to start with. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's a very competitive market. Um, you know, f- find a product that is a little bit different from what's out there, mm-hmm. find a problem and then try and solve that problem. Okay. So, but that's only, you know, th- th- one-tenth of... Okay. Well, let's break it a, down. A let's break the other nine-tenths <laughs> down because I think it is. I mean, like any marketing, sometimes stuff looks so easy. Like, oh, I'll run... I'll give you my analogy would be Facebook ads, right? Yep. Oh, we'll just run some Facebook ads. Bit of pay-per-click. Just need a picture and a headline, some copy. But no, no, you need a really good image. Yes. You need a really good headline. And, you know, and it, it does take work. I don't want to scare my small business listening audience away from doing these things, but it's important to know that there's components to get right. That's, so that's right. Yeah. Back to you. So I, once you have the product, uh, you got to get the campaign ready. So you know, a typical campaign is you know you have a you have a video followed by you know a description of a page, like just like a, any landing page or a website. Um, that video is probably the single most important asset okay. of your whole campaign. Let's uh, talk video. Yes, because again. I've looked at a lot of crowdfunding campaigns and there are some very, very cool videos there. I think your second video for Orbit Key was particularly good with the Irish guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was a very It was character. fun. It, it had a little bit of Dollar Shave Club that's about right, it. That's right. Yeah, we try, we try to go down a, a different vibe for the second, second campaign. Um, you know, there's no definitely, definitely the right way to do a video, um, but it, it is important, the, the video. Um, you, you, I think... You only have about fifteen to twenty seconds to capture someone's attention to yes. start with. Um, you know, there, there's if if you don't interest them enough to, for them to watch the rest of the video, they're going to move on to the next campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you uh, your first video, like, would you obviously outsource that, right? Yeah, like our, our first video was quite basic. You know, we we had a friend of ours that you know who who. Uh, studied photography and, you know, he had a nice sort of nice camera and, uh, you know, we invited him to follow around for a day or two and, you know, we, we shot that video um, just over you, a day, yeah. You scripted it? Yeah, yeah, we, we did it all ourselves. Like, wow. um, you didn't outsource it? No, no. Well, I mean, we, we did we did get someone to help, but, uh, yeah, we, we wrote it all ourselves okay. and everything and, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of budget for our first campaign. You know, um, you know, I mentioned Kickstarter was a great way for us to launch it without spending lots of money and, you know, and in fairness, you don't need to, you know, pull in the whole production okay. crew to get the uh, get the video made. But the video is critical. And, it and, is and critical. The one thing I noticed about good videos on, on crowdfunding campaigns, yeah. I've seen that it includes the founder yes. at some length because at the end of the day, you're asking people to give you money for something that doesn't exist but is the founder's idea. So if the founder looks like a bit of a duffer, 
yeah, you want to try and you you, you want to try and you know show up in the video somewhere. Just um, you know, because at the end of the day, people are you're trying to get a, a product made. You know, bring your product to life, and people are putting their money up um, to to make that happen. You know, they want to know who they're supporting. You know, they want to believe in your product and believe in your story, mm-hmm. and. You know, and the best way to do it is just, you know, to show yourself and, like, be vulnerable, let them know, you know, this is what the funding is for. Your videos were going for about five minutes, which, you know, there is a bit of school of thought that goes, that's too long, which which sounds ridiculous, but... I I think, yeah, our our second video was a little bit long. Um, You know, we, we... we shot so much content that it was it was hard to cut to cut out. Our, our, our first first run was actually seven minutes, and we went, <laughs> then we cut it to five minutes. But you know, we try to put the most important stuff like at the front, um, and then you know, if people dropped off, then at least they've they've got most of the uh, most of the important. Out things. of interest, did you have some analytics attached to that video to see where people were dropping off? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. I think uh, half the people didn't finish the video. Like they, you know, they're halfway. They, they dropped yeah, right. off the video. Yeah, which means either they've yeah. you got them absolved or like yes, these guys yeah. are going on for far too long. Okay, so we need a good video. Yeah, you then talked about description. So just some copy yeah. backing up what you're saying. So. Um, you know, the copy is, is essentially just what's on the video, um, but, you know, a bit more detailed form. You want to explain what you're offering um, and um, what what are the rewards. So if, you, if someone backs your campaign, what are they getting in return? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So th- that's important. So th- that's that's one side of the campaign. So that's, that's about, you know, the, I guess, converting someone when they get to your campaign. But that's that's only half of it. The other side of the campaign, a lot of people make the mistake, is that they you know they they create this great campaign, this great video, they click the launch button, and then they expect the, the backers to just come in and you know they'll be able to see your campaign. But it doesn't work like that anymore. Like you you need to be able to drive your own traffic to to the campaign. Okay, hold that thought yeah. because you just very simply skipped over the idea of rewards. But right. surely. Yes. Surely, uh, and I've again, I've seen crowdfunding campaigns that have one level of award, reward, mm-hmm. which is early release of the product at a discount. Yes, um, and I've seen crowdfunding campaigns. In fact, I think Orbit Key might have had seven, eight, nine levels of rewards. Yeah, our, our reward level is quite complicated, but was um, it? Well, it wasn't too complicated because it worked. But yes, well, uh, yeah, reward basically with crowdfunding, um, you know people are backing a project. So you, you want to give them some sort of incentive for backing that project. For us, because we are, you know, we're a product design company, for backing a project, you would get the product and you would get it first before anyone else in the world um, and normally at a discount as well. So that's what their, I guess that's their incentive to want to back the campaign. You know, we try and do things a little bit, um, add a little bit, more sweetener, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. so we would at the start of the campaign, we would have early birds. So, you know, say if, uh, we might have set like a, you know, a hundred, a hundred orbit keys at a, at a special early bird price. Uh-huh. So, you know, just to encourage people to join a campaign early. Um, and one of the reasons for that is the way that, you know, these crowdfunding campaign works, uh, the algorithm, like it's the, the first 24 hours of the campaign. Critical is so important. Like, you need to be able to drive traffic to that campaign in the first day. You need to get backers in the campaign the first day. Okay. And then it was, it, okay. it's got more chance to, to pick up. I, I'm still, I want to just get finished rewards because clearly, clearly marketing is the other side of this coin that you've got to drive traffic to. Yes. But with your rewards, 
you, do you think you did too many? Like, how many did you have? How many levels of rewards? Oh, I think we had about 10. Uh, wow. Yeah. So 10. Yeah. At the end of your campaign, and mm-hmm. again, it was a successful campaign, so we can't mm-hmm. knock the mm-hmm. fact that you had 10 levels yes. of rewards, but did an 80-20 rule apply where 80% of your income came from 20% of those? Re- it, it, it did, yeah. Right. Definitely it did. Like, um, yeah, so we, you know, we offer different rewards because we have a few different materi- styles, materials at different price points. So we had no way to do it. Like we, we had to offer different rewards um, because for all the different products that we're offering. Okay. Um, which, uh, so at the base we had early birds and then we had the, a reward for each different style. And then we try to throw in like a little bit, a few uh, Hail Marys, I guess. Like we, we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we had like, a, like an insider's pack. So, you know, um, if you back a certain amount of money, you, you will get access to the next four or five products um, before anyone else do. Uh-huh. So you know, that's coming up now. Like we've got new products coming out. So those guys will get it first before So what was else. the most popular level of reward? Uh, it was a leather orbiki. Right. Yeah. So, what would you? What? What? How does that translate to someone listening wanting to do a crowdfunding campaign? What's your advice on rewards on on coming up with the levels? Sure. I, I would say price them. Um, be be really careful about pricing your rewards. Um, you know, think about what what your end, your after crowdfunding, what price they will be, and what sort of discount are you willing to give your backers to incentivize them to join a campaign early? Mm-hmm. Um, don't make the mistake of making giving too much discount and then getting burnt with shipping expenses uh-huh. uh, later on. We, we did that in our first campaign. Um, you want to make sure that um, the... It's clear, like the reward that you're offering is, is crystal clear. clear. Cri- crystal don't clear. be yeah. creative. Don't be clever. That, that's right. Spell yeah. it out. Yeah, exactly. Like right in the description, exactly what it's for. Um, you know, we have a little table in our in our page that shows you in, in image form. You know, if, if you pledge this amount of money, you will get this in return. Right. Yeah. That's in your description for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love it. So Rex, we have got a great video. We've got well-written copy for the description. We've got a number of levels of reward. That's the campaign. Are we missing any component on the on-page campaign? No, I think that's pretty pretty much it. People hit the button, go, yeah, I'll have that level of reward, hand their money over to, I guess, Kickstarter at this point in time. It'll hold the money until the campaign's finished. Yep. Okay. But right now, as I could understand it, that campaign that you've just beautifully created is a needle in the Kickstarter haystack, it is, and more and more so. Like, right. uh, you know, when we when we launched, welcome our first, to marketing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. When when we launched our first campaign, you know, it was a lot easier. Like, um, you know, we, we could we could expect you know organic traffic from Kickstarter, but now not so. Like, you uh-huh. would you would definitely get lost if you if you don't try and drive your own traffic at the okay. start. Okay. Yeah. So I imagine there's two there's two levels of marketing a Kickstarter uh, a crowdfunding campaign. There is the platform you're on. They might feature you. Are there little buttons you can tick like eBay to get a bold listing or a featured <laughs> listing? Or no, no, they're, they're, have no, they're they're pretty secretive. Like uh, you they know, hand curate. Yeah, they do. Like iTunes. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> if iTunes, if you're listening, can you just feature the small business big marketing show on page one? That'd be really nice. That's, that's right. Yeah. So okay, so they're hand curating products that they see. They go, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Let's put that on our homepage. Yep. Did that happen to you? 
it, it didn't happen for us. We, we tried very hard, you know. We, we tried to uh, reach out to them, you know, like with subtle hints, like, you know, ask them feedback about our campaign. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they didn't quite feature us. But, um, you know, in fairness, like, you know, in the first campaign, um, because it, it had relatively strong traction at the start, um, it, it became a popular campaign. So it, it, it was they, – they naturally do feature popular campaigns like, you know, higher up and, you know, in the searches. And okay, so when you say it got a lot of traction at the start, the first 24 hours uh, you got a lot of page visits yes. and a lot of people yep. saying, yeah, I'm in. Yep. So then Kickstarter algorithms going, oh, hang on, something going on over the Orbit key page. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like um, the the first 24 hours, is that was really important for so us. what did you do? Well, uh, you know, earlier on in the campaign, this is pre-campaign, you know, we're a bit nervous about sharing the campaign. Um, you know, obviously it's a new concept, a sure. new product. You know, we didn't want it to, uh, we didn't want someone to take our idea, I guess. But you know, we made the decision to to share it anyway. Um, so, you know, about a few weeks before the campaign, five six weeks before, you know, we 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 try to generate excitement for the campaign. You know, we spoke to as many people as we could. You know, family and friends, um, asked for their opinion, um, asked them to. Um, their thoughts on the product um, because we find that when, when people, um, they, when you ask for their opinion um, and you listen to them and you, you make implementations based on what they say, they also want you to do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got buy-in. Yeah, that's right. They, they feel like they're, this is a part of their campaign. And, and this is kind of how the whole crowdfunding works in, in a way, like it's about building the community. You know, they they Crowd. want to, yeah, that's right. They they want to see your campaign do well, and you know they join in so you can, so this product could come to life. So you know, we we shared the campaign before Kickstarter as, as much as possible, get people involved. You know, we try to uh, uh, we created you know a Facebook page and you know, a landing page just to get people's uh, attention. Um, you know, started sharing behind the scenes. Right. Maybe little teasers about the product. Yep. Um, so you're revealing the product. You're talking about the fact that, you know, this is the problem it solves. Here's some prototypes. Here's yep. some people's thoughts on it. Getting some feedback via comments and sharing and all the time saying, hey, listen, on such and such a date, it goes live on Kickstarter and you can be a part of it. Is that the kind of spirit of yep. what you... Okay, okay. Yep. Uh, so... That- Go. I just want to ask at that point, what do you say to people listening? I just spoke to a guy earlier today who's got an idea for a product, doesn't want to tell anyone, he's a bit scared, <laughs> someone will steal it. Oh, I think you have to tell, you have to tell people, like, uh, you know, you, you want to get people's opinion, you know, they might be able to help you. How did you protect yourself legally? You know what, like, we, we, we didn't, uh, you know, we, we, you know, one of the advice we were given at the start is that, you know, you you, you can you can go out and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a on a patent, but you know all it takes is a small design change, and then you know they they can get around it anyway. And even if they do try and copy your product, are you going to be able to protect it? Are you going to have the funds to protect it? So you're you're far better off just you know trying to build a strong brand and a, a, brand, a strong following. You know they they might be able to copy some of your products and some interesting some of the look, but they're not going to be able to copy your your following. They're not going to copy your brand. Well, I love that. 
people can copy what we do but not who we are is one of the great quotes around branding. Uh, there'll be another, I'm sure there's another Orbit Key out there now. Is there a competitor? Yeah, there's a few. There's yeah. a few. Yeah. Not as good. Not as good. We won't mention who they are. <laughs> what did you, how was your reaction when you saw your, when you saw the first one, the first competition? Oh, well, I think it, it, it started off like the first day, you know, there was a lot of high fives, you know, because we, we got the we got the Kickstarter app and it would, it would go off, you know, every every few seconds. So, you know, a lot of high oh, fives and excitement. Nice. Uh, and then, you know, somewhere during the campaign, it, we started to get quite nervous because, we you know, all of a sudden we had 5,000 backers that we had to uh, make the product for. You know, it's real now. Yeah, 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 yeah totally, <laughs> yeah. totally. But did it, my my question earlier was like about competition. Yes. When did you first see someone trying to compete oh, right, competition. with the key? Oh, you know, uh, when we delayed that campaign from Indiegogo to Kickstarter, there was a there was another key organiser that actually launched during that time. Wow. Um, you know, they were really successful. Um, but, you know, that, that threw us off a little bit, you know, I have to admit. But, you know, we, we, we carried on. Like, you know, it wasn't exactly the same product. So, you know, we we're happy to keep going. And we thought our product still offered a lot of advantages. Sort of video. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So a bit nervous. But at the end of the day, they're probably building the category of key management systems That's right. versus competing head-on with, with, with Orbit Key. So you've run your first Kickstarter campaign. Great video, great copy, great levels of rewards, great marketing, building excitement, we out from the start of the campaign. 24 hours in, you've got a lot of buy-in, you've got a lot of interest, things are going well. 30 days later, is that the, is that the campaign? Yeah, the first campaign. Are these, have I got my numbers right here? You had 5,000 backers, you'd raised $210,000, you wanted ten grand. Yeah, it, it was Rex. very... <laughs> Yeah, that's a high five. Give me one now. Yeah, there you go. There was a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. It was it was exciting. Like uh, you know, we we you know you're I off to the races. Yeah, we spent nine months you know making this product. You know, we loved it, but we didn't know if other people were going to like it. Yep. And you know, we're grateful that people did. And uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we it wasn't it wasn't expected. Like yeah. Okay, so what did you do? You got your two hundred. No, well, you got two hundred and ten grand less four percent. So, Ish. you know, uh, we, we, the project was funded. You know, we, I think we raised about 16000 on the first day. You know, I, I joked to Charles and I said, hey, you know, like um, what would we, what would it take for you to quit your job to uh, to and to do this full time? And, he, you know, he, he said $200,000. And, you know, that was still on the first day. And, you know, we just laughed at it. We're like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and then near the at the end of the campaign sure enough we you know we reached two hundred thousand dollars and then you know, we quit our jobs and we we went over to uh you know over to china and we lived there for three to four months just to get the product made wow <laughs> he, he stood by his word old charles that's, that's right you were out of there you were out of there at like 15 grand i'm, I'm leaving pharmacy <laughs> no well actually no charles actually quit before me like he uh I think uh, with pharmacy, you know, I, I was lucky, you know, that I could I could still do it part time, you know, and you know keep my registration and you know work on the weekend and just you know. So you literally did. You got your money yes. and you headed over to China. Yes. Did you did you have contacts in China that you you were going to build this thing? Yeah. So we you know before the campaign, you know, we tried to talk to different manufacturers, get an idea of costing. Um, so we we did have a few different, you know, connections and, and warehouses that we, you know, that we were, when we went over there, we mm-hmm. were going to visit. Um, and, yeah, you know, we, we flew over there. You know, some of those 
those people didn't turn up quite like what they described they were going to be. You hear some horrific <laughs> stories. I, I've, I don't know whether it's urban myth, but I've heard of someone getting something manufactured over in China, the boxes arriving in Australia, feeling quite heavy, as you would hope they would, with the product in it, but the product inside were bricks. Right. You've heard that one? Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard heaps of those stories. Um, right. You know, it, it didn't quite happen like that, but, you know, some some of the uh, the people that we were talking to, they definitely weren't um, quite as big as we, we'd hoped they would be. And, um, you know, we had to scramble and, you know, start looking for different suppliers and, you know, to find people that we thought... Do you speak Chinese? Uh, a little bit, not very well. Charles? You know, Charles can read, I can talk, so okay. it's... Uh, so between it. the two of you, you could get by. <laughs> yeah. Being over there must have been a huge advantage because many obviously don't have that. You t- yeah. Two single yes. blokes, you know, yeah. you're off and about and yes. you can do that. So you go over there, you bring it to life and four months later... You've got Orbit Key to Market? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, when we first went over, like, we, we weren't, we weren't, uh, we didn't plan to stay there for that long. You know, we, we had a three week, we had a return ticket for three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Was it good that you stayed longer? Uh, you know, it had, we had to, we had to, you know, we, after the campaign, you know, we, 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 we told our backers that we, you know, it was going to get delivered on, in March, uh, the following year. And, you know, I, I read a stat recently that, you know, 80% of Kickstarter projects don't get delivered on time. Wow. Um, we delivered ours on the last day of March. So we wanted to, to you, hit you that You didn't mark. want to be in that yeah. stat. <laughs> we didn't want that campaign to be just just it, like the one campaign. You know, we wanted to do follow-up campaigns. Yep. You know, we wanted to create a community. So, you know, we felt that we had a responsibility to get that product made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that when, when we went over there, you know, it would, it would be one obstacle or another, you know, the mould would break or, you know, the sample wouldn't come out right. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, but, it, you know, eventually we got there in the end. Okay. So uh, version 1.0 yes. of Orbit Key is launched in, what are we going to talk, sort of 20, late 2014. Um, was that all an online, was that online sales or did you, was it wholesaling to department stores or yes. where was the distribution? So after the, after we, you know, we, we sent it all to Kickstarter backers. Uh, we started to, I guess, to go down the traditional route of, you know, any product. You know, we worked off our own e-commerce website. Uh, you know, we started working with great stores around Australia uh, and we started working with distributors overseas as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. How do you balance that? Because when you go to a whole, uh, like a, we're going to talk of like a Myers or a David Jones and you say to them, uh, hey, we're also selling online. So they go well. No, you either it's us or them. It's us or you. No, I, I think most um, most most retailers are quite understanding of that. Like okay. you know, it's you know, it's it, I, I, we haven't had anyone ask for exclusivity in terms of online. Yeah. Um, they do ask for exclusivity in terms of areas. Like you know, yes. you know, no one likes to you know, stock the same product yeah, as someone yeah. and just a few a few doors down. So did you take it on yourself, Rex, to get distribution? Yes. Is that yeah. just knocking on doors? Yes, like, uh, you know, speaking to people and, um, you know, just finding out uh, other countries, like who who in that country would be interested in our product and who who has the network that would be able to, you know, share it with a lot of different stores. Yeah, okay. So that was just gr- grunt work? 
Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've got a guest coming up um, over the moo, which is a, a, a vegan ice cream. Must must taste terrible. But um, uh, <laughs> again, you know, they're in now they're in Woolworths now. Yes. But the first five hundred outlets was literally knocking on independent supermarket store and, and doors of the other individual stores, and it's just grunt work, right? You just got to get out there. Yeah, yeah. We, we you know we did trade shows. We went over to New York and did trade shows. Wow. Uh, we did trade shows in London, and yeah. Oh, was that valuable? It was expensive, but you know we 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 built a lot of connections, and you know we from there you know it, it would it would lead to you know you you meet one person and you ask them hey do you know anyone else and then it goes from there. That's amazing. <laughs> so New York, London trade shows, hoping to get global distribution. Obviously, you weren't going there for Australia. No, no, we were going there for yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and and what was the biggest win out of going to a, a trade show in one of the biggest cities in the world? I think it was just uh, about meeting other distributors. Like, so, for example, in Europe, you know, meet, meeting other distributors. You know, we have a great dis- distributor in um, Scandinavia and Netherlands. We have, you know, a great partner in Ireland. Hmm. Um, yeah, just meeting meeting potential people. Like, you, it doesn't take... Uh, all you do, it just takes us like that one opportunity to meet someone. So that, true. You know, and so it, it true. You, yeah. So, so uh, by the way, listeners, I'm speaking to Rex QO, who is the co-founder of Orbit Key and a crowdfunding genius, <laughs> as it's proving. Now, we've only got to Orbit Key version 1.0. You then went back into the crowdfunding marketplace in 2016 uh, with version 2.0, with a better product, right? Yes. Yeah, so we, you know, we we took everything we learned for over that two years. You know, we had a lot of feedback, good ones as well as bad. Yes, and you know, we put it into a second version of our product. Uh, you know, and once again, we needed to launch it, and you know, we went back to what we knew best, which is Kickstarter. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and at you know, two years is a lot of things happened in two years, um, and you know, like uh, the the. It was a whole different landscape, you know. Our, yeah. our first campaign, you know, people, when you launch the campaign, there's still a chance that people would find it organically. Mm-hmm. The second campaign, you no. know, it was a lot different. The haystack just got a whole lot bigger. Yes. And no advantage of being there previously and having success? No. The, outside of knowledge? No, I, I think you get advantage in terms of, um, you know, that community you've built along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, no, not, not okay. Not so, uh, second campaign on Kickstarter. You've got a better product. You've got a better video. It's a really good video. It's quite funny. It's a little bit Thank long, you. but you, that was proved. Uh, but a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, a professional actor of sorts. Did you script that, or you had someone else write it this time? No, we one of the guys on our team wrote it. Wrote it ourselves. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it I mean, good. so we've got a really lovely idea about it, and, and some <laughs> nice humour. Yes. So great video. Levels less levels this time. Reward levels? Uh, no, we, we 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 still had a lot of products, so we, we we not by choice. We we had to have like, right. a lot of reward okay. levels. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, what did you do differently from a marketing point of view? Anything? Oh, there was a lot that we did differently. Like Ooh. we 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 learned um, we we learned a lot over the two years on you know different marketing. Um, this this time we we actually try to build an email database in the lead up to the campaign, and you know that's probably probably the number one marketing advice I would give any new uh, anyone interested in crowdfunding campaigns. Like building that initial marketing uh, that email database is so important. Uh, Why? Because of that first twenty four hours, uh-huh. you 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 needed 
people to to come back to that campaign when you launch, so to make a big splash in the water, so everyone, so you you could it could pick up. I think email is massively underrated. Yeah. I mean, do we live in this world of social media? I think we've got to remind ourselves that from a social media point of view, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn desperately want us to be there, but they don't want to give away too much. To they're, they're holding our followers hostage, right, yeah. until we give them some money. That's right to boost that post. And yes. even then, it's like you go from 1% to 3%, um, and then you just spend more dough. Whereas with your email list, that's assuming it's a clean list, there's 100% attention. That's right. And I think email, is, it's not just about building an email list as well. It's also about uh, the value of the email, like who who you're getting to sign up to that email list. Like, you, you know, you sometimes you could run like a you know, a, a, a sweepstake competition, you know, and you, you just get a whole bunch of different emails from random people that are not interested in your product. Just want to win a prize. That's right, and that's not valuable. You. Um, so how did you build your list? Uh, landing page to start with. Um, you know, it was we, we had a four-week campaign. We started with a landing page. Um, we... Uh, on, on social media, we would share little teasers and snippets of, of our product. Um, you know, we would reveal more and more mm-hmm. in, in the lead up to the campaign. Uh, we try to cross promote with with other brands out there, like like minded brands. You know, not 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 keychain brands, but you know, maybe like a wallet brand or yep. you know. Um, Did you get with Bellroy or any of the big wallet kind of? Uh, we would have liked to, but yeah, we, didn't, no we didn't end up working with Bellroy. <laughs> that would have been cool. Did yes. You, did you tap them on the shoulder? Uh, you know, they were nice enough to offer us some uh, great advice. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Happy days. <laughs> okay. So how's, again, tell me if I've got my numbers right. Campaign 2, version 2.0 of Orbit Key, 14,200 backers. Yes. A million and eight, well, I can't even say that, one, <laughs> one million and eight thousand dollars. Uh, and you exceeded your goal by 3,000%. Yes. Yeah. That's ridiculous, Rex. <laughs> That's yeah. extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High fives everywhere. <laughs> there, was, there, there was a lot of high fives around the office, that, that was for sure. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it was supposed to be easier, but it still felt like a lot of work because, you know, we, at that time we were running our, you know, our, our normal distribution, our wholesale and our online business. But all of a sudden we, we, we got this Kickstarter campaign. Uh-huh. It's like having double the workload uh-huh. all of a sudden. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> really sorry to hear that. If you could only do it again, yeah. get less, <laughs> less backers, less money. <laughs> that is a good outcome. So that then allowed you to take the product to another level. But then you did something that I can't quite figure out where this piece fits. You did a second version of the campaign yes. with Indiegogo in demand, which is their kind of like, uh, can you explain it? Well, uh, you know, after... You know, after you have finished your, you know, your crowdfunding campaign, whether it's thirty or sixty days, you still need a, you know, the the funding stops at that point. Um, but at that point, your product is not ready mm-hmm. to be delivered straight away. You still have to, get, you know, um, get the product made. And but at the same time, people are still they missed out on a campaign. They're still interested in the product. So, Indiegogo. In demand is kind of like the the halfway sort of transition product between um, crowdfunding and taking online orders on your website. Okay, so you know that allowed us to continue to ta- take uh, take orders. Um, and uh, Kickstarter didn't have a version of that. No, they didn't. And how much more did you raise? 
Uh, well, that 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 that's was a part all included of that. in yeah. the mil, in the mill. That's right, the lazy mill. <laughs> so, where's Orbit Key today? Uh, Wrap some numbers around it for us. Staff turnover. So you know we you know we have a great team. Like um, there's there's now twelve of us uh, in in the business. Um, you know we have guys in um, Australia. Um, we have a guy in New York, and we also have someone in China as well. Full time. Yes. So twelve full time staff. Uh, we our products are sold to. 140 different countries around the world. Wow. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> How many of you sold? We've sold uh, just over 200,000 uh, keychains, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. not keychains. <laughs> Come on. We, we like that. to say we, we've converted 200,000 200, keychains. What do they retail for? So depending on the style, uh, it could be $35 to $45. Yeah. Yeah. $200,000 does not seem like a lot, I say with respect. Mm-hmm. Are you disappointed by that number, or is it like no? We're, we're okay. Like you know, it's a we're we're growing a community, and you know we we've got a great team behind us. So, yeah, you no, know, we're we're happy. Yeah, because you keep under budgeting. What's your budget yeah. for the next twelve months? How, how do you want to sell a million? Or uh, you know, I think in the next twelve months we want to keep selling the same product, but we want it to come up with a, a full range of uh-huh. different products, and that's where the the next campaign comes in. Though, I guess. Your online sales versus um, retail sales, what's the kind of split? They're probably, you know, our online's probably about 40%. Yeah, right. Moment. Yeah, so, we, you know, we do really strong in uh, wholesale and, uh, you know, in distribution. What do you prefer? Sales yeah. or sale? Yeah, I think, you know, it's the... A sale is a sale. Uh, you know, it's it's different. Like distribution, obviously, is a less work for us. Someone else is doing the work, but you know, it's less margins. Mm-hmm. Whereas online, you, you know, you, you get the full margins. It's a great story, Rex. How do you feel, mate, after leaving pharmacy four years ago and embarking on sort of an unknown, half proven on a on a crowd one on the, off the back of one crowdfunding campaign? But how do you feel now? Uh, yeah, it's you know, it's sometimes you know, I wake up and I I think, wow, like. You know, I still have a lot of friends still doing pharmacy. You know, when we catch up, and it's just, I, I'm, I'm not sure how we ended up over here. It's, it's just it's a complete different direction of how, how we started. And, uh, you know, it, it feels great. Well done, buddy. Thanks for sharing, taking us behind the scenes of a crowdfunding campaign because I've always wondered for so long how that that gap, clearly you under-budgeted with what your expectations were, but still your raising of those funds. And I think my learning there is that maybe a great starting point is just having a really good product. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a good yeah. place to start. And yeah. uh, anyone else thinking of crowdfunding, any last bit of advice before we finish up? I think do, do, do the homework. Um, you know, don't, don't just click launch too quickly. Uh, you know, make sure you build that email list and, uh, you know, speak to people as well. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of information out there on, you know, uh, like this podcast, I guess. Like, you know, Hello. Do, do the work. Like, yeah, don't, don't just, you know jump into it straight away, like do the homework. Good on you. Thanks, Rex. If someone wants an Orbit Key, where do they go? Just on the website, you know, orbitkey.com.au. Well, there you go, team. Orbit Key inventor Rex Quo. (laughs) You're crystal clear on the art and science of crowdfunding. Now, I hope so, because... um, it's a great way of raising funds for an idea that you may have, service or product-based. If, if you do head off and launch a crowdfunding campaign, please let me know. I'd love to have a look at it. Now, coming up, I share my top three attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Rex. Plus, I've got another low-cost marketing idea that I think you're going to love. Cheap, quick, great. 
I used to work with a designer who'd force me to choose two of those three options whenever I wanted something designed. As a small business owner with limited funds, it drove me nuts that I could never have all three. That's why I love Design Crowd. You see, Design Crowd is a website that helps startups, small businesses, and marketers outsource custom design from logos and business cards to websites and landing pages. In fact, Design Crowd gives you access to over 550,000 designers from Sydney to San Francisco, ready to help you with awesome creative ideas. Here's how it works. You post a brief describing your design need. Within hours, you'll receive your first design, and over the next three to 10 days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 different designs from designers around the world. You then pick your favourite, make any changes, and pay the designer. You know, whether you're an entrepreneur looking to set up your brand or an established business that needs marketing collateral designed, Design Crowd is your answer. For a special $100 VIP listener offer, go to designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo or enter the discount code Timbo when posting a project. See, now you can have cheap, quick and great design thanks to Design Crowd. And a big thanks to the American Express Business Explorer credit card for making this show possible. Now, whilst it can't get rid of your business expenses, sorry guys, they're a fact of life, it can help by having your business expenses reward you. You see, new American Express card members who apply and spend $3,000 in the first three months from the card approval date receive a bonus $100,000 membership rewards points. Plus, your new American Express Business Explorer credit card comes with up to 55 days interest-free and a competitive interest rate of 16.99% per annum. Now, I could go on about how it comes with complimentary travel insurance, two entries to the Amex Lounge at Sydney International Airport, or the fact that you can earn up to two points for every dollar you spend, but I reckon you get the point. <laughs> or should that be points? You've got to love it when your business expenses reward you. Search Amex Business to find out how. New American Express card members only. Offer ends 30 November. Terms and conditions apply. I did it again. Okay, my top three attention grabbers from my chat with serial crowdfunding expert and Orbit Key co-inventor Rex Quo, thanks to American Express and Design Crowd. Attention grabber number one, a great product or service offering is your best marketing, hands down. No doubt about it. You can do all the marketing you like, but unless that product or service of yours is best in class, then you might just struggle a little bit. Attention grabber number two. Despite having a great product, don't sit back and wait for success. You've got to market it. Market, market, market. Marketing is the lifeblood of a successful business. And if you've been listening to this show long enough, you will well and truly know that. Attention grabber number three. Get out there as the business owner. I loved the fact that Rex and Charles headed to trade shows in New York City and London. Wow. Many would see that as extravagant. I see it as smart. I hope they use their Amex. And as Rex mentioned, it only took one great partnership to be established and the junkets, I mean, not junkets, I should say business trips, paid for themselves. 
That's what grabbed my attention. I'd love to know what grabbed yours. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 385. Let me know. What have you got to lose? It's time for one simple yet effective marketing idea that you can implement immediately. It's not going to cost you a fortune. might just generate you more awareness, more inquiry, and ultimately more sales. I call today's idea the empathetic business hack. Two days ago, my P-plater son ran the oil dry in his car. Not pretty. A quick diagnosis by the roadside mechanic suggested that he'd need a new engine. Guessing a new engine wasn't going to be cheap, my anxiety levels started to peak. My self-talk went something like this. Be cool, Timbo. Be cool. Just ring an engine specialist and they'll calmly walk you through what needs doing. Knowledge is king, right? (laughs) So that's exactly what I did. But instead of putting me at ease, not only did he lack any hint of a personality, he hit me with a barrage of technical questions. What's the VIN number? What's the engine size? What oil are you using? And it went on and on and on. He paid no regard to how I was feeling. So I paid no regard to him and moved on. My point, businesses that show empathy for how a customer is feeling will maximise their chances of getting the sale. So here's my three steps to being an empathetic business. Step one, truly understand the importance of this concept. Don't pay it lip service. Instead, spend some time respecting the power of empathy in business, just how powerful a role it can play. Step two, run a workshop with your staff where you identify all the different emotions a customer may be feeling when dealing with you. For example, if you're a travel agent, some customers may be excited, others confused, some nervous. And step three, Make sure all customer-facing staff are crystal clear on how to treat different customers based on their emotional states. And here's the pro tip. When you first meet your customer, don't be afraid to ask how they're feeling about their impending purchase. This is particularly effective for more high-involvement or high-cost purchase decisions. That's my three steps to closing more sales by being a more empathetic business. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 385 where you'll find a link to this post plus some additional resources to bring this idea to life including six habits of highly empathic people and five tips to becoming more empathetic. Plus you can grab a signed copy of my book The Boomerang Effect which is full of marketing ideas. So, what have you got to lose? That almost wraps up another episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show. But don't worry, do not fear. There is plenty of marketing gold coming your way in the weeks ahead, including a chat with a fellow responsible for that amazing online deals site, Luxury Escapes. Hey, have you listened to the chat I had with commercial office painter Taz Morris? Here he is explaining how he gets clients to see massive value in what he offers. This probably sounds counterintuitive, but we don't do this intentionally. But what I've found is my clients, long-term clients, have always, something's always started at the beginning that went wrong. And we fixed it. 
and we made it 10 times better than what it actually was the first time around. And I found the opportunity for us, for example, I'm running a few jobs at the moment. I've got my eyes on the ball all the time. If if there's an opportunity to build a relationship, if something potentially is not right, I use it as an opportunity to build a relationship with a client and, and expose it, correct it, and show them that we've corrected it. You know, Taz goes on to reveal three killer ideas to help you avoid discounting in your business. It was a cracker of an interview. You'll find that full interview plus hundreds more over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or you can subscribe free on your favourite podcast catcher or go to Spotify. Oh, yeah. Hello. Hey, I'd love to hear from you. Hit the contact button over at Small Business Big Marketing where you can email me, connect with me on social media and grab a signed copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect. Be sure to check out the American Express Business Explorer card. If you love the idea of your business expenses rewarding you, search Amex Business. And check out Design Crowd, the world's number one custom design marketplace where, with access to 550,000 designers, you'll get the perfect design every time and you can get 100 bucks off at designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo. If you love the show, I hope you do. Can you let another business owner know about it? Please. Love you to do that. Just grab their phone, open up the podcast app, search for Small Business Big Marketing or Tim Reed, whatever turns you on. Probably I don't. It's probably Small Business Big Marketing. Hit subscribe, hand it back to them, run away, yelling, you're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, Until next week, I'm Timbo Reid. Always have been, always will be. Thanks for tuning in to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.